Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. Great to see you face to face, man. Uh, let's let's start off. Just tell me a little bit about your business. Well, uh, a better contractor. We're a GC that uh, currently specializes in uh, the hospitality space, uh, hotels, a yeah. lot of hotel work. Uh, yeah. Our portfolio of hotels that we work with is is was heavily leveraged into one client, and we yeah. have uh, done everything uh, possible over the last uh, three years to diversify, you know, the eggs in one basket can be a business killer. So uh, we're growing outside of that into more of a retail shell build out. Um, but the business that got us here, we will we will cling to that because it is a wonderful uh, relationship and business model, but uh, being able to grow exponentially uh, based on the relationships. And I know you understand as well as anything, uh, if you've got good relationships that are authentic, um, you can have great partners and great partners, great, you know, create great opportunities and, and you just keep that going, <laughs> keep feed the wheel. Right. Yeah. And you guys are scaling quickly. I understand that you guys have crossed like another kind of threshold in terms of revenue and you guys are on that hunt for a $50 million company is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Kendall, our goal this year is to reach uh, uh, 15 million uh, in revenue. And yeah. uh, by doing that, we will require Kendall to eat a, an entire box of donuts. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, it, it's our way of showing him that, you know, Hey, we, we can and will. Um, but Hey, it, it's, uh, it's not without its bumps and everything else. But if we're sitting in a room late December this year and, you know, all holding the paper bag ready for him to meet his threshold, then it'll be a good day. Dude, I cannot wait. Please, please have that on video. I, I want to see. It. And if you're listening right now, Kendall is a man who, like, I think his body fat is like at 10% and he's a healthy guy. And so he, he, uh, he probably wants you to hit that 15 million, but he also does not want to eat a bag of donuts, you know? Yeah. What, what goal should not come without pain. And so his pain will be the, the amount of sugar intake that is required and, you know, big, hairy, audacious, I guess we may have to have a BHD on each of uh, the first three donuts he in, inhales. So there was a time where I'm sure those, those dozen donuts could go down easier, but to your point, yeah, he's uh, flushed his system, so to speak, of uh, such toxic uh, intake. <laughs> Whereas yeah. the rest of us, hey, it's a lifeblood. You know, give me a donut, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Coffee too, right? Um, okay, Dave, so tell us about hiring virtual assistants. You guys kind of went through a transformation. You guys have got a couple with us. Um, I want to hear about your experience, what your thoughts are, how a contractor ought to use virtual assistants in their business. Well, uh, you know, it, it was brought to us as, hey, we've got a couple administrators in the company that deal with the administrative task. And a lot of them are repeatable. And as we've all discussed and heard, hey, you got your $10 an hour task, you've got your $1,000 an hour task, which ones are you going to you know, delegate and which one are you going to grab onto? Um, but some of the issues we were having um, with the with the existing admins was we were having errors, quality control issues. And yeah. a lot of it was, hey, a brand new company, you bring on board people that you know. 
Um, and, and maybe it was the right person, wrong seat, et cetera. But as it turns out, um, Kendall brought to the table that, Hey, let's, let's give this a try. And, you know, once you rip away all the, uh, let's see, Monday words, uh, the anxiety, the, uh, you know, preconceived notions, all those things that become barriers. Um, and we gave it a shot. It was not long before it was, Oh crap. That was, that was easy. <laughs> so, uh, and again, many of our tasks are spreadsheet based, um, uh, a customer portal interactions, digital, uh, not so much customer facing, but such a huge aspect of our business is relational that yep. our, our guys and people in, on the ground in the, in the front of the face, front facing with the customer was such that, if I could gather this data at a job site and throw it <laughs> to a person ready to translate it and get yep. it into the presentable form, it, it was just an easy bridge to cross. And, uh, you know, it could be a person working in DFW or through the power of technology elsewhere. Um, it, it really became a no brainer. And it has been very, it's proven to be very successful for us and efficient for obvious reasons. That's cool. And how many folks do you guys have now? Because I know you started with one or two. We, we, had, uh, we had two local, if you want to call them that, admins, and, and we got rid of both. And so it was zero. It was the ground. We, we wow. kind of reset some of our processes uh, and, and made the uh, delegators do those tasks so that we understood them better. And then we brought on our first uh, admin, my outdesk rep, and immediately um, realized, hey, this is great. But then the timing of that was such that we were understanding what COVID meant to us. And so it's this fear of growth expanding. And so we slow played it. So our first one came on board. It was June of last year. And we brought another one on towards the end of the year because we were, in spite of all things global, we we were growing and saw the momentum that, hey, this is going to end sometime. So we brought on another one and uh, early February, and it, it has just allowed us to go crazy. And we have in plans to continue to add. But right. as I mentioned, the having a person at, we'll call them our project managers. We want to pair them up. So as we add a project manager, we will likely add another my out desk admin and just keep that relationship uh, between the two intimate, if you will, so that uh, as we expand maybe territory, we've got someone that is not so preconceived with other things that they can just uh, learn at once. So it, it has, uh, like I said, it, it's proven to be extremely efficient, uh, not just, and it's not about cost. It is, it is hiring and bringing someone on that we want to employ the whole person. And uh, as I tell each one of them during the interview, hey, we're looking through a glass, but it's not one way. I want to make sure that they feel that we are a good fit. And so it has to reciprocate as far as the value of the employer and employee. Um, and, and both of them, it's, it's great because we do want to change lives with our employment. We want to be impactful. And it, some of the conversations, and I call them a conversation instead of an interview, um, I want to just sit down and, and speak, hey, what, what do you bring to the table? Let me define what our table is, see where it matches. But if it doesn't, um, 
that's okay. Nothing personal. So we, the, the success that we've had, in my opinion, is predicated on the fact that we are bringing on board people that understand this remote position um, that, you know, sometimes you bring on some, an employee that they want to be the next project manager, you know, that succession, right? Um, yep. So our, our opinion and our perspective is that with my desk, look, we may have in an admin role right now, but at one point they may be the manager of the admin role. So we're right. having a building that fleet, not to sound condescending, but to have that group of employees that can otherwise be managed by someone who has come up to the ranks uh, during the, uh, their employment. So it, we see how this will allow us to scale just, and that's every, everything that we do is how will this work in the future at be it 15, 50, a hundred million. Right, right. And you guys are running on EOS. So do you have your virtual professionals in any sort of L10 meeting? Are they are they joining you guys? Are they accountable for rocks? Or I'm just kind of curious how you blended a virtual professional, your construction company, and then that system. Absolutely. And your, I would say your telepathy channel is working very good today because... <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have said it any better, quite honestly, is that, yes, they are part of our team. And therefore, since we have the EOS platform, everyone will be running on that. And so each admin will have a rock uh, or responsible for helping to find that. It's not a dictatorship, as you very well understand. We want yep. to be uh, such a tight knit company of, of team members that, you know, complement, supplement, whatever term you want to use but we want to grow uh, together. So yes, rocks are assigned and held accountable. Uh, L10 meetings, we have them every Wednesday as the leadership, but now that we are growing and scaling, hey, that L10 will be at the, the secondary level now as well. Mm. Um, so, hey, we're up to two L10 meetings, which is awesome, right? Um, <laughs> but it is uh, it is great to, you know, to, to be able to assign rocks and, uh, and see the growth, uh, Hey, it, it's holding people accountable and, uh, it, it, it's, it's so far been a beautiful thing. That's awesome. What, um, if you were to go back in time and give yourself advice about hiring virtual, virtual talent and virtual professionals and like getting in partnership with us, what would that look like for you? What would you tell your new self a year ago, last June about making this leap? Yeah, I, I would first say, hey, David, it's not a leap. It's it's a simple step um, yep. because it, it, it really is getting beyond those preconceived notions of virtual, you know. But look, the, the entire world understands now better how yep. effective people can be working virtually. So in my humble opinion, it creates more of a baseline understanding that Hey, being remote is not, it doesn't have the negative connotations. I, I was in a previous organization that we wanted to be face front facing, um, you know, touchy feely, so to speak, uh, HR be damned. But it, it is very important now that we all understand, hey, the value, the efficiency, the, the fear of holding somebody accountable because I don't see them clocking in, you know, let it go. People that the, the right person will contribute to the organization what's expected, but you, you have to uh, make sure you have the right person. And again, it, it, the magic formula is such that 
it's easy to tell early on if if the culture fits, and that's you know that it it, it has to be reiterated daily um, that hey. This is the direction we're going. And as I've used the analogy for many years in my careers is, hey, the boat is leaving the dock. And if you stay on that dock, it's going to be even harder to catch up. And that's with every aspect. It could be a task that you're doing or I hate the adage, but I will use it. Drinking the company Kool-Aid. Right. And and the longer you hold out, uh, the further you are going to be behind. and, and, And suddenly the fix will be very glaring that the fit will be glaring that it doesn't work. So. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a, a hospitality guy how the market's going. Like, what's going on in your world right now? Are, are more and more orders coming up? Are people doing more and more renovations now that we've kind of taken that turn and the world's about to open up? Like, what's happening in your world right now? Well, it's interesting because our, our market segment is not the traditional business traveler's hotel um, yeah. without advertising for any one brand. I'll just say the ones that we may have checked in as a traveling manager, um, that segment, you could drive by a parking lot six months ago and it'd be empty, right? Uh, the extended stay market has done very well and you can read, research, anything you want to do to realize that, hey, they very few markets fell under below probably 50% occupancy. So yeah. even in the, the world troubled market that we had in hospitality last year, we were able to grow. And it's part of our diversification that we've been able to jump into and expand. But being that anomaly, you know, we realized, hey, it wasn't by luck. It was by, you know, choice to make sure that we stayed close with our rela- uh, relationships and in in, with all of our business partners. Um, but from the hospitality perspective, it has Clearly, it's ramped up, obviously. So, you know, yeah. may have gone from uh, above 50 and now it's above 70 and 80 percent occupancy. So, hey, if, if there's heads and beds, everybody's happy and revenue's flowing. Right. It's interesting. OK, well, Dave, thanks for your time. Appreciate you guys as customers. Glad you came on camera today to share your experience. It's been good. We love contractors. It's such a great business, right? Uh, it's challenging right now with the price of lumber. You guys haven't any, you've seen any more impact around that materials uh, and labor shortages? You know, the, the labor, fortunately, a lot of our partners are, have done very well maintaining their capacity. Uh, the yeah. conversation primarily has been around, yeah, the material pricing, uh, being transparent with our customer and being fair with our partners to make sure that, hey, uh, if, if if we're squeezing, it's got to be at the top line. It can't just be at the bottom line. So we are, we're making sure that we, you know, we have to be fair in all that we do. And it's not just, you know, pricing, but uh, all, all things. And having close relationships with many of our uh, partners, it, it's just been very healthy. And again, it's all about being transparent, uh, be fair with the customer, open and honest. And, uh, things will, when, when they return to, if there is a normal, we don't know yet. Um, yeah. it, it will be, it will remain a healthy relationship. It's interesting. Um, so I, when you talk about transparency, are you consistently with the people who are paying the checks and, and the people who are doing the work? Um, how, how, um, how long do you lock them in? Like, do you lock in the pricing for the subcontractors first and then go to the customer and say, Hey, this is the number or is the customer driving the number? And then you got to go backwards to the, the subcontractor. I'm just kind of curious how that market yeah. works, especially because demand is just off the chart in what you guys are doing. 
and materials and labor is just shifting so rapidly. Yeah, I, I think it, it's it's going both directions. You know, we, we speak with our subcontractors and, and do our own due diligence, right, to make sure that, hey, if you're telling me it's a 15% increase, I, I need to trust but verify. But yep. quickly, you know, quick 180 to the customer to say, hey, I know we have this template pricing for this project. Um, and, and we don't want to become the master of change orders, right? We want to be, you know, current on pricing um, and making sure that they're aware of it. And it doesn't take them long to understand. Yeah, you, you're, you know what? You're right. Let's let's do the right thing uh, because mm-hmm. hey, it is uh, it's a cycle. And uh, for <laughs> I guess we've said it often enough, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> well, I, I will refrain, but it, it is. <laughs> I don't want to don't want to cross the line there, but it, it really is important that uh, yeah, pricing and it's not just pricing. I mean, heck, it could be uh, pricing of materials, but even you know, fuel things, uh, you know, pipelines freeze, and suddenly we can't get people to sites. You know, those have to be very uh, transparent. And and again, fortunately, uh, the partners that we do business with, the, the customers, uh, it, it is such an open and authentic uh, relationship that you know, pick up the phone, call them and, and be fair with them. And it, what's great, even with um, something as trivial as, as that aspect, you know, we share it with the team. We have our, our, our team calls, you know, or my out desk, everybody just understands that, hey, if, if we get a call from a vendor saying, hey, this is not going to work at this price, or hey, last time it was $500, this time it's 600 Everybody on the entire team understands that has to be quick to to be pointed out on the on the bids we're posting. Yeah, it's very interesting. In your world, uh, now that you've had a year experience with us, what are the areas that a virtual assistant can help contractors like sales and marketing, ops, accounting, finance? Like, I'm just kind of curious where you see the boxes of our folks helping contractors out. Well, I, I think for our VAs what we have migrated to now is uh, bill payments. Mm -hmm. We're working with so many different vendors. We're getting invoices from all over having a true and uh, well-documented process that is hey, we're like I said, getting invoices in, make sure they're matched to a work order number, uh, get it paid, but we don't need to pay it the day after it's completed. Hey, you know, time value of money is important on all aspects. So, uh, just we've enlisted that as one of the tasks that will be completed by one of our BAs. Uh, yep. Posting of bids, it, not creating the bids necessarily, but it is gathering that information, working with our subcontractors that may have some input on, on that bid, the project managers that have seen it face to face. Again, uh, monetizing uh, the, the bids posted to our customers or posted back to the project manager so they can review it. And then, so there's, you might say, well, that's a duplicity. Well, no, it's, it's sanitizing and making sure that it is correct because accuracy is, is a huge part of our lives and will remain that way. Um, So I would say the, the gathering, following up on work orders that are outstanding. I mean, we're we're pushing 50 to a hundred projects complete each week. And so being able to follow up and make sure that it's complete, if there is a change order following that process all the way through uh, before we, you know, uh, enter the, the, the completed invoice. So 
very clerical in some aspects, but always technical. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's like revenue and cash flow is what I heard. Basically, those are the two areas Absolutely. that you guys. Yep, and on the administrative and project management side, so that's great. Yep. All right. So, well, one other piece that I would add in there, if I could, is it, it is, uh, you know, and it, it, I'll call it a cycle. It, it, every work order we have has a, a very straightforward cycle. The, the creation, the bidding, the approvals, uh, the deployment, and then the completion slash invoice. And every one of those steps is repeated. And having a team, uh, VAs, project managers, myself, understand that. That at any point in time, if if somebody should fall short on a particular part of that, again, we've got built in uh, redundancies, if you will, to make sure that it's picked up, but remains accurate. And, and our VAs have contributed to that level of accuracy that, you know, holding holding project managers that may be, you know, going from site to site to site uh, to check on job status. They can pick up the phone and say, hey, this one's done market complete. And then they take it from there. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. I love it. All right, Dave. Again, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you coming on camera and sharing your story with us. I, I'm you know, glad to meet you face to face. Yeah. And thank you for having a company that supports uh, companies like ours and contributes to our success. It's greatly appreciated. 